People, what's up? How y'all doing? I'm your boy Chris J. Out of sports and loves me back. People, this is my show, my podcast. Shut up and listen. And people, this is a late night edition. Why? Because it is a special night. This is a special occasion. Because week 18 of the NFL just ended tonight, people. And the playoff bracket is officially done. The playoffs are about to kick off this upcoming weekend, people. And I'm so excited just from the start of the season. Now we get to the best part of the season, the postseason. What separates the man from the boys? What separates great players from legends? And legends are people that live forever and they will always be remembered by what they do in the postseason because that really defines your greatness. I mean, the regular season's great. You know, it's great as far as, you know, just with the numbers, MVPs, wins and losses. But people, let's be honest here. The playoffs is where your true greatness is is born. All the greatness, all the greats from years past to the great players today and so on, people. And it's just, I'm so excited about this upcoming weekend because this playoffs might be one of the most exciting playoffs we had in probably quite I mean the playoffs are are exciting every single year but this year we got some new faces uh, we got some players first time in the postseason we have people that's been there coasting this year but now it's just different because this season has been such a crazy year with with players and teams nobody thought that would be in the postseason because uh Let's be honest here. No one thought that the Seattle Seahawks would be in the postseason. Then no one thought that Geno Smith would be comeback player of the year with the year he's had. Nobody thought Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars being the postseason this year. And they like these new teams. They surprised us, you know. And it's just a joy to watch. And I'm here to talk about certain teams, how I feel the. Based about the matchups and how it matchups coming up this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night football. So, about to get two people. Let's go. People, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the fourth seed versus the Chargers. They're a fifth seed. The Jacksonville Chargers, I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars, they will be facing the LA Chargers in the wild card round of the playoffs in Jacksonville, Florida, this Saturday night at 8.15 p.m., people. That matchup is going to be a fun game because you got two young quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, both these quarterbacks first time in the postseason. Trevor Lawrence, second year in the NFL and he's in the postseason. That's quite remarkable because this season didn't look too hot. But they turned it on late, and they got hot, and they won most of their games closing the season. And last night, being Tennessee, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the postseason, and they will have home field advantage versus Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, first two years in the league, no playoffs. But his third year, got it done. And from the, the Chargers, from a standpoint of their talent, they're a team that can play with anybody because they're so explosive offensively. And then you have a guy, Justin Herbert, who's that guy. 
He's a great, a great young quarterback. Who's so fun to watch. And watching these two young thoroughbreds go at it this upcoming weekend will be a fun game to watch because the playoffs are about matchups. And these two teams match up very well because I think this game will be a high-scoring game. Like, high 20s, low 30s, because they can score the ball. And then you have two guys that's mobile, that's accurate, that's fun to watch. And, and I think seeing this matchup, it's like, it's like a game. Seeing these two guys, they'll be in, in, in the league for a long time. And Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. So I'm very excited about this matchup. And now, far as who wins right now, I don't know. I'm just excited about the matchup itself because being a big sports fan and seeing these two young guys first time in the postseason, and really they have nothing to lose because they came into the season. Well, the Chargers came into the season with high expectations. They struggled, struggled a bit throughout the season. But closing the season, they stepped up, got big wins, and guess what? They made the postseason. That's a step. It's all about stepping stones, kind of like stairs. Go up, go up. Take one step at a time. But as long as you're going up in the right direction and trusting the process, great things will happen. And for the Jaguars, nothing to lose because no one thought they would be here right now far as having a home playoff berth in the wild card weekend. The Jacksonville Jaguars won their division, won their division, a second-year quarterback because the first year with Urban Meyer, that was a big mess. That was a big mess. And it just, Doug Peterson changing the life of Trevor Lawrence, that's great to watch, great to see. And I was so excited for these two teams. And this weekend will, will be a fun matchup. The next matchup is the... the I'll be watching are the Bengals and the Ravens. We just seen this game today pretty much. Um, the Bengals won 27-16. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson has not played in over a month. Um, Tyler Huntley, he didn't play today. So the Ravens down to a third-string quarterback. And so with the Ravens, you kind of have the – it's kind of uncertainty right now because you don't know who's going to be – their quarterback because me personally I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play and to be honest if I'm Lamar Jackson why would I play a playoff game if one if I haven't played in over a month he has not played an NFL game in over a month so trying to play a playoff game when the intensity is very high and you have not thrown a ball in over a month Football's about timing. So Lamar's time is going to be off. He hasn't played. He's rusty. And so, and then the guy's battling a knee injury. So why would you play and risk injury? And then to a franchise that doesn't want to pay you. So it's like this. If I'm Lamar Jackson, if y'all don't, I don't, if y'all don't pay, I'm not going to play. Simple because... Lamar Jackson been in the league five years. He's won the league MVP, pro bowler. He's one of the best quarterbacks in, in the game of football right now today. 
And it's like, what would playing in this playoff game mean? Really nothing because they know what Lamar Jackson brings to their franchise. So if you don't want to pay the guy, don't even, don't ask him to play. So, so Lamar, don't even play. Don't suit up. I'm assuming Tyler Huntley will play this, I believe this Saturday night or Sunday night, whenever they play. But I do think Tyler Huntley will play. I do think the Ravens will lose because I feel like the Bengals are a better team. And then you got Joe Barrow, you got Jamar Chase, you got Mixon, you got Higgins, you got Boy, you got a great good, great defense. You got a great coach. Um, and I think the Bengals have home field advantage. They will run away with this game because I feel like in the postseason, Joe Burrow is that type of guy. He would take his game to a different level because that what that what the greats do. And he's someone that I view as a guy that's gonna be an all-time great quarterback when it's all said and done. And I think um, the Bengals will be too much for them. So I'm not really expecting this game to be a big game. I'm kind of expecting the game to be a blowout, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I expect Cincinnati to blow out the Ravens because Baltimore is not going to beat Cincinnati, plain and simple. The Bengals will win, and the Jaguars will go home. Simple. Said what I said. The, a, a matchup, too, that has me kind of curious is the, the Bills and Dolphins. You know, the Bills are the two-seed, Dolphins are seven-seed. And right now, watching the games today, the Dolphins had a third-string quarterback. Don't even know his name because uh, Tua didn't play. Um, and so, and it's just like Tua had the concussion right now. So you don't really know what's going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater didn't play as well. So it's like, who's going to be the starting quarterback this upcoming, I believe, Saturday? I think Sunday night, Sunday, Sunday at 1 o'clock. So who's going to be the quarterback? Because right now, Tua, he's had concussions all season. He's had, I think, three correctly, three. And so would you risk playing Tua, who's had three concussion protocols, three concussions, or Tyrod Taylor, who kind of didn't play this past weekend, battling an injury right now as well. And to be honest, um, you know, it just the quarterback situation is kind of a question mark. But the last time these two teams played, the Dolphins played Buffalo really good in Buffalo. That game came down to the wire. Buffalo won the game, yes, but that was a close fought game. So my thing is this: the Dolphins are going to Buffalo very confident because. They felt like the first time they played, Miami won in Miami. The second time they played, they felt like we had a chance to win. And we were right there. And really, the Dolphins kind of established their run game during that matchup that night. And so I feel like the, now with the quarterback issue, I feel like Miami has to lean more on the run game rather than the passing game with Tyree Kill and, um, and Jalen Waddle. You have to really depend on the run one to control the clock two don't turn the ball over and three limits josh allen possessions offensively so i think the miami dolphins have to lean toward that way that game is a good matchup um very excited to see what happens i do think that um buffalo 
will win that game because one, I think Buffalo has pressure on them because they came into the season with high expectations. They were the favorite to win it all this year coming to the season. And then if Buffalo loses the wild card weekend, their season will be a failure because coming into the season with high expectations, high hopes to win it all this year, and y'all losing the wild card round to the Dolphins without a tour playing most likely. And so right now, you wouldn't know then Teddy Bridgewater not being 100%. So if you lose that game, your season will be a failure. Now I can say this. I wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins win this game because it's about matchups. And football is one game. Bring your A game, play your best football, and sometimes things happen. Turnovers, momentum swings, things happen every day. Injuries, stuff happen. I get it, yes. So Miami, they have the firepower to do it, but you're not finna beat the Buffalo Bills with a third-string quarterback, no. You gotta have a quarterback that's been there, done that, or a quarterback that can make some plays happen. And Tua, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna play but I'm pretty sure Teddy Bridgewater will get that start because he's played in big playoff games, yes. But let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater has not been the same quarterback since the Vikings days. Let's be honest here. But the Dolphins have a shot. But I would still say Buffalo is probably the better team. And they should win that matchup because they're home. You got the weather, you got the wind, you got the crazy fan of Buffalo, Bills Mafia. And so the Bills Mafia fans and fans nation better win this game. Simple. You have to win this game because um, just wouldn't look right, you know. So you gotta do what you gotta do, you know. And you got the Vikings and the Giants. This game gonna be a big game because the Vikings, yeah, they're thirteen and four, but really, they they're a thirteen and fourteen that doesn't put the same fear in you as a thirteen and fourteen should because the Vikings they've had some stinkers where they got beat forty to three. They got dominated 41-17. They had games where they got dominated. They got routed. And so they don't really put that fear in you because in the playoffs, Kirk Cousins has not always been Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, in big moments, he has, ne- he has never really lived up to the hype far in the playoffs. He's kind of always underachieving the postseason. And then the Vikings, they are not in close games. They're 11-0. They've been unbeaten this year. They've been great. They've been stellar. But in the postseason, when you got a team that can run the run the ball, control the time possession, and a team that's been playing good this year, the Giants, the last time they played the Vikings, they were right there. So I think the Giants, they're going to the Vikings Stadium very confident because they believe we can beat this team. And I'm saying this right now. I got the Giants winning this game in upset. I really do because they can run the ball. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, I feel like in this game, his legs will be a big factor because he's very mobile. But with Daniel Jones, he has to protect the ball. And I think that the, the Giants, they have enough to win this ball game. And you have to limit Justin Jefferson. You can't let Jefferson go crazy. You have to contain him, double-team him. You have to force someone else to beat you because you know that Kirk Cousins, when all said is done, 
He's going to his boy, to his guy, to his number one guy. So you have to contain him. Try to make and try to make somebody else beat you. And Kirk Cousins, you know, in a big game like this, he's liable to make mistakes, throw a pick, make a fumble, do something crazy, something that drives your mind crazy. So I think the Giants, they go into this game confident, and I think they will pull out the upset. Yes, I said it. Yes, I did. The 49er Seahawks. This is a division game in the playoffs. Um, the Seahawks won. I mean, today versus the Rams, they're in the playoffs because the Green Bay Packers lost today. The Seahawks are in. I'm saying this right now. Uh, this is a division game. So I do think this game will be good at first because these teams are very familiar with each other. They played each other two times out of the year already, being a division rival. Um, I think that the Niners will win, though, because I feel like the Niners, they have the best defense in football. And I think they they are one of the most complete teams in all the National Football League because you got the defense, you got the offense, you got Debo back, you got Kittle, you got McCaffrey. Um, and, and, and I think Purdy, he's a quarterback that can he, – he's a gamer. He's someone that's not afraid of the moment. He's someone that would thrive. And when I see Purdy, I think about that – the Tom Brady effect, meaning when Brady got in that game, he did his thing and never looked back. And I think Purdy, these postseason will establish him as a young, great quarterback on the rise because he has a team around him. He has Kyle Shanahan. He has all the pieces around him, like a puzzle. All the pieces fit perfect. Just put him in the right place and see what happens. But I think the 49ers, they'll be too much for the Seahawks to overcome because they can run the ball. They can pass. They have the best defense. Geno is my comeback player player of the year. Yes, he is. But I just don't think they have enough what it takes to beat a team like San Fran in San Fran in the Bay. It's not going to happen. No way. Just saying. The game of the wild card weekend to me, in my opinion, is the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These teams play on Monday night football. And I'm saying this right now. So as the Cowboys lost today, I said, put that game on Monday night football. I want the whole football world to watch Dallas versus Tampa. Why? Because I'm saying this right now. The Dallas Cowboys, they're going to crumble, fumble, drop the ball. They're going to lose. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to beat beat Cowboys in Tampa. Wow. One, they got Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he is the most clutch quarterback to ever step foot in the National Football League's history. Two, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. What happened, what can go wrong, will go wrong. Three, Dak Prescott is going to turn the ball over at least two times in this ball game. Two interceptions. Dak Prescott is going to turn the ball over. And I'm telling you, in four, in big moments, the game's going to be close. Tom Brady's going to make a big play at the right time. And guess what? He's Tom. He's the GOAT. The Bucs will beat Dallas. 
the, the Cowboys fan base, they'll be crying, they'll be sick, they'll be done. I'm telling you this right now. The Dallas Cowboys are going down. Why? Because I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust Dak. It's Cowboy defense. They can't get sacks. They came to the quarterback, and Tom Brady has the playoff experience. Who's, who do you think I trust more in the game? Tom Brady or Dak Prescott? And also, Dak Prescott has never beaten Tom Brady in a playoff game. Period. Well, not a playoff game. In his career, Dak Prescott is 0-3 against Tom Brady. He has yet to beat him. And on Sunday night, after the game, Dak Prescott will be 0-4 against Brady. I'm telling you this right now for what I know. I don't trust Dak Prescott in big games. And I'm saying this now. Obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys win. Just saying. Because you got a, a good defense. A team that's playing good right now. Besides today. Today, today they look god-awful. Just saying. But I think... Um, Tampa, man, with their playoff experience, playoff pedigree, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you got, um, you got, yes, you have Ty Bowles, Brian Leftwich, you have so many people that's been there and done that. They know what it takes to win in big games. Why? Because two years ago, they won the Super Bowl. They know what it takes to play our football. And then you have the greatest quarterback in history of the game the Bucks a quarterback and he's going to be fired up Tom Brady to win this game home because me personally um, watching the Eagles play today they didn't look too good they won the game yes a win is a win but watching the Eagles play this Sunday they didn't the timing was off a little bit they showed up the score points in the red zone you know they had some turnovers and so Tom Brady thinking like, I seen these guys play today. They didn't look all that. And then the past couple weeks, they lost. Of course, Hurts wasn't there. But Jalen Hurts, he had only played in one playoff game last year versus who? Tom Brady who? And, and he lost. So it's like, I'm thinking, Tom Brady's thinking like, I can beat that kid to hit. You get me in a shootout with with, with, with Jalen Hurts I got a chance I'm Tom Brady and to be honest it's kind of about matchups because really the biggest threat to the Bucks really are the Niners not saying Tim is going to win it all not saying that but what I'm saying is this playoff experience matters in the playoff it's the new season that's what I'm saying but the Cowboys will lose. The Bucks will win. Just saying. That's all I'm saying. Now, people, tomorrow night, you know, it is the college national championship between Georgia and TCU. Georgia's 14-0. TCU 13-1. It's like a David versus Goliath matchup because all season, TCU has been a Cinderella story because last year, 5-7, they, they were god-awful last year. This year, they had the biggest turnaround, I think, in franchise history, as far as the school, school history. 
And then I think college history, Dave, there's still been a team that was five and seven last year, and this year they're in the national championship game. Um, TCU, they surprised me all year because even I said it. Their schedule is weak. They don't play anybody. They should put Bama in, not TCU. And they ain't beat Michigan. They ain't doing this. They ain't doing that. But TCU, they surprised me. They beat Michigan. They forced turnovers. They score when it matter most. They were clutch, made big plays. And they proved me wrong. They were in a championship game. They're in a championship game. And guess what? I'm still doubting them. Why? Because I'm not picking them over Georgia. I just can't. Because one, Georgia's in the SEC. One, two, they played a tougher schedule. Three, they played tougher teams. They've been battle-tested more. And four, they're the current champs. So they know what it takes to win a big game better than anybody in the past two years. And so I feel like TCU... They're a team that can prove me wrong because they have the weapons. They have the firepower. They have like they're the they have all the things that can that can cause some problems for Georgia. One is Max Duggan, the quarterback, because he's a guy that's a dual threat quarterback, pass and run. And for TCU to pull off his upset, he gotta have a monster game. I mean a game of a lifetime. I mean a game where he throwing 300 plus yards, and he may rush for a, over 100 some yards. Matt Duggan has to have a great game because his his ability to extend plays, one, two, he's gonna have to make plays with his feet and make great passes, great play. He's gonna have to do what it does because it's not gonna be easy. Georgia's the SEC. They've been there and done that. So Matt Duggan is going to have to be big time this game. He has to. From the run game, the passing game. TCU's got to play about a about a perfect football game. You can't turn the ball over. You can't beat yourself. Now, not because they have a chance to do it. Because the football is always a chance. It's one game. It's one game. Georgia might have some fumbles or, or some player could get hurt. Anything could happen in sports. It's one game. So you always have a chance. In Georgia, being the team that's been the best team all year, 14-0, they're on the verge of going back-to-back. We haven't seen that since the Bama days, 2011 and 12. But they're the first team. If they win tomorrow night, they'll be the first team to win back-to-back championships in the college football playoff era. Bama didn't do that. Bama got their back-to-back years, but they lost a couple times, you know. But if Georgia does this, this would be big for a Georgia school. And and I, and I think if, if, if Georgia does this, I feel like you got to start saying Kirby Smart, put him in that conversation for great college coaches of all time. I really do. If he does this back-to-back, because since he's been in Georgia, They've been in multiple championships. 2018, they got the championship game. Lost to Alabama, yes, one, but got there. He's going to three, I think, three. Going to three, he's going to a lot of championship games as far as the SEC. He's been in a ton of big games, and this will be his third one. So if he does this, that will be big 
They'll work wonders for Kirby Smart as an all-time great coach in college history. You know, obviously not a Nick Saban. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, because, you know, but Kirby Smart will be on the right path for even better greatness down the line, you know, so just see what's going to happen. But I do think the Dogs will win a close one. I got this game 35, 35-31 Georgia. I got Georgia winning. I got um, TCU going to be uh, 31-28. Georgia going to get the ball late in the fourth quarter. And uh, Stetson Bennett is going to march down and score a winning game. So I say 34-31. 34-31 Georgia. I do think people need to take TCU serious. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people because I think they're going to make this a great game. I don't think it'll be in the 40s, but I'm hoping as a fan, just as a fan, I'm hoping this is a high-scoring game. Like 51-45 or 51-50, 51-48 or the 40s, high 30s. I'm hoping this game is a high-scoring game, but I want to be more be more realistic. I think Georgia wins 34-31, and the Dogs, they host that trophy. They're back-to-back champions, and let's go Dogs. Just saying. Now, people, this last topic I want to talk about is about a player, a player that's in the NBA, a player that's on the verge of doing something so big, and this record has not been broken since the, the early 1980s, so about, about 40 years. And this player's name is LeBron James. LeBron James, people, right now, he's on the verge of breaking Kareem Jabbar's scoring record for a regular season. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, people, he is a player that's an all-time great. He is one of the greatest players in, in just in football and basketball history. Because Kareem, he is he is a guy that has done it all. Championships, MVPs, he's done it all. He he is, in some people's eyes, he's a top three, top four, top five player of all time. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar record in 20 seasons, he scored a grand total of 38,387 points. That's a lot of points. A lot of scoring, a ton of sky hooks, and and he's been so great for so long. And it kind of was a record that we thought that nobody would break. But but like they always say, records are made to be broken. And LeBron James is 422 points away from breaking that record. So I think LeBron, how he's playing right now. Since he's been 38 years old, he's averaging over 40 points a game about. He's been he's been fantastic. He's been incredible. And I think right now, LeBron James will break that record in, in early February. Because I feel like LeBron, right now, he's in a groove. And I, and I feel like the King is on a mission. And so I feel like... And, I just want to give my flowers to LeBron James because LeBron James, like, they're coming to the league since he's been to the league since 18. Came in in 03. I've been watching LeBron James play since I was eight years old. Eight years old watching LeBron James play. 
I'm 27 years old, people, and I'm still watching this man put in work. People, I watched LeBron James play my entire life. I'm 27 years old. He came to the league when I was eight. I'm 27. People, I've been watching this man games when he was in high school on ESPN2. I was six or seven years old watching this man play. So I've been watching this man play my whole life. My whole life. There's never been, like, far as basketball, a lot of LeBron James in my lifetime. That from my eight, being seven or eight years old to 27, that's 20 something plus years that I've been watching this guy play basketball. And to come into this league with all the pressure of he had to exceed expectations. Had all the pressure on his back from he was an 18-year-old kid. From the pressure from day one, from his first game playing the Kings, his first game until now, he has exceeded the expectations by far. LeBron James had exceeded it. And no player has played greater, longer than him. Longer meaning his longevity. Because LeBron James, even in his second year in the league, he was averaging 27-7-7. And he's averaged 25-plus points a game for 18 or 19 consecutive years straight. Like, like he's averaged 25-plus points a game for 19 years straight. Outside of his rookie year, he averaged 20 points. From his second year on to now, he's averaged 25 plus points every year. That's incredible. That's incredible. He's not even my favorite player of all time. But you gotta respect that. That is greatness. That is something you can't even gloss over. What he's done, his greatest to be last this long, he's had the longest prime more than anybody in history of basketball by far. He's had the longest prime. He's not in his prime now, but he's still putting up prime-like numbers because he's 38 years old, but he's still averaging 28, 29 points a game. That's insane. I don't know what LeBron James own, but LeBron, whatever you own, give it to your boy Chris J. What are you on, bro? What are you doing? What are you doing that nobody else is doing? What are you eating? I think LeBron James went to Wakanda, got that vibranium. I think that because he's been magnificent, spectacular, you know. But it's just with him, people, when he breaks his record, I'm not going to say it can't be broken again, broken, because records are made to be broken. You know, these days with with how the rules are and, and how long these players play, and how long their primes are, and far the physicality is not very physical. And I'm not saying this record can't be broken, but it's a record like is it's highly unlikely that it will be broken because LeBron James is going to play for I think for a couple more years at this level. So I think by the time he retires, to be honest, to be honest, I think. He's going to get at least 44,000 points of all time. 
I really believe that. Because right now he's at 37,000. And right now, he signed a two-year contract this past offseason. And then he's already said he wants to play with Bronny. And really, with how LeBron James playing right now, he's going to pass the rain record in, in February. And then for the rest of February, the rest of March, and say the Lakers make the postseason, make the postseason or something. And and he plays and he, he plays next year, at least next two years. Like, when it's all said and done, he might have 44,000 plus points. He really might have that. And I really believe he can because I think LeBron's gonna play for at least four more years. I really do. I think LeBron James gonna play these four more years. And I think he can still play at this level for at least two or three more years. So you're talking about this guy could have 44,000 plus points, rebounds could have, I don't like, I don't know, 10,000 plus assists, rebounds, I don't know, but a lot. You know, he's done, it, it, it just, it's mind blowing to see a guy play this great this long. And to be honest, in my opinion, he's beating Father Time. He's beating it. Right now, LeBron James has beaten Father Time. Father Time right now is not undefeated because while LeBron James has been kicking his tail for the past couple years, with all those commercials, he's winning right now. He's done it. He, he's beating Father Time. He's beating it. He's creating new new standards in the NBA as far as longevity. Like this guy is 38 years old but still putting in work. Still still working so hard. Still healthy. Still doing all he has to do to win. And it's like, it's great to watch and it's great to see. And so, when he breaks his record, people don't hate. Oh, he, he played 20 plus. Don't hate, man. Just, just, just appreciate greatness. Because when he retires and he's gone, he'll be gone. So appreciate the greats, the, his greatness, while you can. Because it's been an honor to watch this man play for 20 plus years. For 20 years. It's been an honor to watch this man play. It's been an honor to watch him play for 20 years. And how long he plays, and then watching him play this level of just, man, he keep finding the eyes. You, and you're 20. And I'm going to say this too right now before I end this podcast. If the Lakers had a better record, if they were the top five seed, top five seed, LeBron James should be in the conversation for MVP. If they were a top a team with a top five seeding right now in the Western Conference, but we're not. I think we're a 13th seed. I understand it, or or a 12th seed. But what I'm saying is this: if there comes a point in time. Where we get on a hot streak, my Lakers, and we and and, and and we get to a fifth seed or a fourth seed, he should be in the conversation for MVP. Just the fact, one, he's 38 years old. Two, he's been carrying them at 38 years old. Three, AD's hurt once again. 
and LeBron James is doing what he's doing at 38 years old. It's unheard of. Period. People, just be being honest. LeBron, he's not human. He, he, I think in the offseason, he goes to Wakama, use a vibranium. I don't know what he do, but it's working. And it's appreciate greatness, people. People, I love y'all. Have a blessed night. I'm out. Peace. Thank you.